Hi, and welcome back to the Teach for the Heart podcast. I'm your host, Linda Cardamus, and we're here to give you the ideas and inspiration you need to overcome your teaching challenges and make a lasting difference in your students' hearts and lives. Today, we're going to bring you a conversation with Kelly Jackson of the Simply Organized Teacher, where we talk about five strategies to help you better organize your classroom in this upcoming school year. I think you're definitely going to find uh, at least one or two tips that you can take away and implement and make your classroom that much more organized this coming school year. So here we go. I'm here today with Kelly Jackson from the Simply Organized Teacher. Uh, Kelly Jackson is a teacher, and she now has a wonderful website over at the Simply Organized Teacher that you guys have got to check out. And she also has a podcast um, called Simply Teach. Uh, She had me on her podcast a little while ago, and I'm so excited to have her here to talk about some classroom organization tips. Thanks for being here, Kelly. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm excited to on the other end of the microphone and I've been just like nose to the computer all day today so I'm excited to have some human interaction and talk to somebody for a little while. (laughs) It's great to have you. Well, you specialized in organization and all these tips to help teachers stay organized, which I know is something that so many of us struggle with and can be really helpful. The more organized we are, the smoother the day goes and just the less time we waste. There's just so many benefits to being organized. So you're going to give us some specific tips to help us be more organized in this coming school year. So what's your first tip? Well, before I go into the tips, I just want to, I always like to preface my conversations about organization with the, just what you see online and what I even talk about online. You have to take what works for you and implement it in your classroom and not, I think as teachers, we can get so bent up on, oh, it has to be done or it has to be perfect. I know that that's something I really struggle with. So I'm going to share some ideas today, but I want teachers just to listen and maybe pick one or two of these that you can implement right away and not stress or fret about getting them all done or having your classroom all perfectly organized in one sitting because it's just, it's not possible. That is such an important point to bring up, right? The goal here is to come away with one or two of these ideas that are your favorite that you want to do. And yeah, organization is not, is a process, right? It's not something, if you have a ton of time, you can sit down and knock out a bunch at once, but that's not normally actual life. So that's a super helpful tip right off the bat. Okay. What's your first tip? My first tip is to give everything a home. If everything in your classroom has a home, a spot to go in, then you're not having to find, you're not having papers or materials or whatever come in from the office or from students and having to stress about, oh, where does it go? And then you just throw it on your desk. So if you start out your school year by organizing with bins in your cabinets, on your shelves, and put bins for everything with labels on all of them, then you know exactly where everything is going to go in your classroom. And even to the point where when something new comes in and you don't have a home for it, find a home for it or create a home for it right then. You don't have better up over a long period of time. And then that's when it becomes stressful and teachers freak out and want to go all crazy organizing. And that's when it gets overwhelming. That makes so much sense. Yeah, my husband says it all the time too. Everything needs a home. So um, so the goal would be in the beginning of the year to think through what are the things that like ended up sitting on my desk because they had nowhere to go and figure out just where do I want to put those, right? 
and you mm-hmm. recommend bins. Um, do the bins need to be all matched and all perfect or? Absolutely not. <laughs> um, I, for inside my cabinets, and we'll talk about cabinets in just a second, but inside my cabinets, I just mi- mismatched uh, bins, boxes, Amazon Prime boxes. I mean, I know you're ordering a ton of stuff on Amazon Prime. Save those boxes. And I mean, I just cleaned out a cabinet in our house the other day and organized it into bins. And I'm stickiness actually because I don't have any cute label maker or anything here. So they don't have to match. Now, for me, things that I'm displaying in my classroom that are out. For everybody to see. I do like those to match or kind of flow together just because aesthetically, I think that is more calming to the eye. But especially when you're organizing things in your cabinets, I do not think they need to be matched 100% all the time. Right. Especially those things that people aren't seeing. That's such such an important thing. Just let go. It's okay if they're not perfect. Now, if, now if the organization, if, it, if the perfection makes you happy, you know, you can go for that. But absolutely. And you broke up there for a second. I think what you said was that you just use sticky notes for the labels, right? Like you didn't, yes. you don't have to be this perfect thing, you know, scotch tape and a marker or sticky notes work just fine. That's awesome. Yeah. All yeah. right. What's nice your labels can come later on when you have time for that. In the meantime, just throw a sticky note on there. Just get it done. Get something there. Yep. That's great. All right. Number, what's your second tip? So organizing your cabinets by themes. And I really like this because if you're in a classroom that has a lot of cabinets, a great way to keep things organized is by putting all of your teaching resources in one cabinet and all of your student materials in one cabinet. I even had like an art cabinet where I would put, you know, paint or chalk or whatever, a cabinet with cleaning supplies, but giving your cabinets themes. So then again, you're establishing, okay, this is a student material that just came in. I know it goes in this cabinet. And then you open up that cabinet, find the home for it. I even, one thing I recommend teachers do is have a cabinet or a space in your classroom. You know how when you walk into a new classroom and the teacher before left all of their junk there for you (laughs) and you know what I'm talking about, right? It's so overwhelming. So first of all, you have to go through that and just get rid of a lot of stuff. But there are a lot of things that your campus buys or your grade level buys that you have access to, but you can't necessarily take with you if you move to another campus or even to another grade level. So I recommend even having a cabinet in your classroom for those things. So that way they're there, easy access for you if you need them. But if it comes time to where you have to pack up your moving schools, or if the dreaded two days before school starts and you get told you're moving to another grade level or whatever, all that stuff, you don't have to sort through it. All that stuff is right there left Mm. for the next teacher. That's a really great idea. (laughs) So so whether you have cabinets or, you know, when I taught, I had this huge closet. You can or- organize it by section. So you're just saying have, mm-hmm. just think through sections. And so that immediately, even if, you know, at least you have some type of broad plan of where things go right off the bat. That's really Exactly. Smart. Just like you do in your kitchen. You know, okay, all the cups and plates and all that kind of stuff goes here. All the reusable stuff, just like you're doing in your kitchen or your home, do it in your classroom as well. I love that. All right. What's your next tip? My next tip is a master to-do list. So for me, I I'm still, even though I'm not currently in the classroom right now, I struggle with a, an idea pops in my mind and I feel like I need to take care of it right then. And then I, everything else gets thrown off to the side. You can't do that when you're in the middle of teaching a bunch of kids. So I always have a master to-do list 
sitting right by my desk, right by my computer, a place where I'm going all the time. So when I'm in the middle of teaching a math lesson and I remember all of a sudden, oh, I need to email this parent or I need to, you know, fill out that paperwork. I just run over to my master to-do list, write it down. And then at the end of the day, I can look through that whole to-do list and prioritize what I need to get done. But it also, it allows you to free the space in your mind to focus on what is really important right then and there. And then come back to it later. You don't have to worry about remembering it because you've already written it down. It's there. And then you can go back to whatever it is that you were doing. I think it's so important just to have a spot to write down those notes, right? No matter what to-do list system you use. And we talk about that a lot on the podcast. We do all these different systems. But whatever it is, like you said, have a spot when something pops in your mind to put it down. Because that takes so much. This may not sound like an organization tip, but organizing your thoughts is so important. And just, I know myself personally, when I start trying to have this mental list of, okay, I have to do this, 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 it just... It stresses you out and you Mm -hmm. waste so much of your brain capacity just trying to keep track of all the things you have to do. So that's so great. As soon as it pops in your mind, you can write it down and then you freeze you up uh, and you don't forget stuff. Your tasks stay organized. I love that. All right. What's your next tip? Use a lesson planning format. So what I mean by this is I think teachers typically have the idea of lesson planning as down going, okay, on math, I'm going to do this, on math, I'm going to teach this. And that is calendaring. Lesson planning should be where you're actually fleshing out the standards and figuring out what the vocab is that you need to teach for that, what different kinds of ways you can teach that lesson to address all of the different needs in your classroom, how you're going to modify that for small groups or just really fleshing out all the details that you need to teach that concept, not necessarily that lesson. So what I used with my team was, and I've included it uh, in the blog post for your readers and your listeners to go look at, is a unit planning document that we would sit down as a team and go unit by unit. And if you don't have a team that you can do this with, you can still do it by yourself. It just might take a little bit more time. And we would write out each standard, what the vocabulary was for that standard. And then we would all list our different ideas for how we could teach that one specific standard because the problem that I run into or I ran into and I think a lot of teachers run into is uh, I plan math so-and-so plans language arts so-and-so plans science and somebody else plans social studies and then we all come together and we say okay here well you did secondary right yes so I'm speaking from the elementary where um, I was teaching most of the subjects all day long Mm -hmm. So I'm coming from that frame of mind, and I guess I'm talking more to elementary teachers in this example, but we would all exchange plans, and then I would have everybody, what everybody else planned, but I didn't like it, or I had a better resource or something. So then I would just go through, and all the work they did would be wasted because I would make the plans different, my own. And the same thing was happening to the plans I was creating for the team. Other teachers would go and, you know, get their own resources and whatnot. So this allowed us to all share our ideas for all of the standards. We could list all the resources that we used. And then as an individual teacher, I could go back to my classroom with my actual lesson planner and calendar out, map out what I was going to do each day, what lesson I wanted to use from the resources that our team shared It was just an easier way to plan, I guess, from a higher 
what's the terminology? I can't think of it right now, but from like a bird's eye view or something like that's what I'm trying to say. Um, It just made it easier. And then it was great for the next year because I stayed on the same team for four years. So we just kept referencing those materials and adding to the resource ideas, which then just gave us more ideas to pull from when it came time to calendaring. Okay, cool. So you have this resource that people can download. Is that correct then? They can they can use this. Yes. Awesome. And that's gonna we're gonna link to it at teachfortheheart.com slash organization. So this obviously works really well for any type of team planning, right? Where you're collaborating mm-hmm. with others. Do you think that something like this would also be helpful if you're just on your own? Yeah. So when I taught, um, it was just it depends where you teach, right? Uh, and I know even some some elementary teachers, there's no team. It's just them. <laughs> it's and that's it. Do you think something like this would still be helpful to just have every, so you can just keep adding to it year by year as ideas pop up so you have them? Or do you think this is, or is this more just for planning with a team? I think it could be used for any teacher because I think it works better for a team, but I think as an individual teacher, you could do it. It might just take you a little bit longer to build that collection. You might, you know, only work on a couple units over the course of a year a couple units per subject over the course of a year. What I would suggest more, though, I think for a teacher who is working on their own is creating a curriculum map or a year at a glance. And a lot of districts already provide this for your, for your, within your curriculum, uh, you know, where you're supposed to be a pacing guide and whatnot. But I also recommend making one for yourself that's a little bit more specific week by week. What skills that you're going to be teaching and list any ref, um, I'm sorry, list any resources or lesson ideas that you find on Teachers Pay Teachers or anything that you want to include when you're teaching that lesson. So that is a little bit more of a broad mm-hmm. week by week plan that might be more practical for a teacher, self-contained, um, like you teaching one subject, I'm sure that within the day or within the class periods that the lessons you taught changed a little bit, but um, maybe a little bit more focused on just your one subject that you're teaching. And I do highly recommend, yeah, when I taught, I taught three subjects twice each, and I would always start the year, or sometimes I taught four, uh, always start the year with that week-by-week plan. It was so helpful just to to know, okay, this is my, and of course it it changed and fluctuated throughout the year, but Mm -hmm. just knowing, okay, I'm going to hit everything I need to hit, you know, this is my plan, and then I'd know, it's really helpful to know, I'm ahead, which really happened, or I'm, I'm two days behind, or I'm, you know, and so that, so then I could go and pick, you know, hey, we're going to skip this, or we're going to skip this, rather than just getting to the end and saying, oh, I never got to, you know, a month's worth of material, so I highly recommend the same thing. That's great. All right, um, what's your fifth tip? To use your students. We, we have a bunch, especially in elementary, where they're excited to help you, we have a bunch of little hands, eager and excited to help the teacher, so Utilize classroom jobs, utilize daily helpers, give things that are student, that students are capable of doing, give them those responsibilities because it's not only going to build responsibility and ownership of the classroom, but take care of some of the tasks that you do. Think about when you come in after taking your kids to the bus or getting them in the car at the end of the day, when you come back in, what are those first things that you do? Okay, do you go pick up all the pencils off the ground or do you straighten the desk? That was a big thing for me. I could not stand the desk. I would group them together and then they would get all 
you know, from kids standing up and pushing them all day long, they would get messed up. So I created a job for that. And at the end of the day, before we went, before we left, I would spend probably about anywhere from five to 10 minutes where they would pack up. And then as soon as they were done packing up, they would do their classroom job. And I think I had, oh, probably 15 jobs in my classroom. So almost every student had a job at all times. And they would really take care of the classroom, organizing and cleaning up for me. I taught them the expectations at the beginning of the year, what to look like. And then really the classroom flowed on its own from then. While they were doing that, I could be tidying up my teacher desk area, my U table area, so that when I did come back into the classroom at the end of the day, I could walk back into a clutter-free, mostly clean classroom. That's such a great idea. And this doesn't have to be something that's just in elementary. It looks different in secondary, but you absolutely, it's, it's amazing how much secondary students too are willing to pitch in and help if you um, find those right tasks for them and um, and then definitely definitely can use it all the way um, across grade levels. And you have an article with more ideas for classroom jobs and we have one at Teach for the Heart too. So we're going to link to both of those articles where you can find more details and um, downloads and such to help you um, figure out classroom jobs, elementary and secondary, at teachfortheheart.com slash organization. Um, So what are some of the things, um, just before we move on, what are just a couple examples of classroom jobs um, you had students do? You mentioned um, like cleaning up the classroom. Is that where most of yours focused on, were were cleaning, or did you have different things as well? Well, no, I did have other jobs that were done during the day. For example, a line leader or a messenger, somebody who would run errands for me, Um, a technologist, which was the person at the end of the day, they would shut down the iPads or make sure the computers were all back to order. But during the day, they were also the go-to person while I was meeting with small groups. If they were, if a kid was having an issue with an iPad, then they could go to the technologist for help with that. I had... I had an electrician whose job was to make sure the lights were turned off when we left the classroom. So I had jobs during the day, but the majority of them were things like picking up trash and organizing the classroom library and uh, straightening up papers that got turned in and putting them on my desk so that I could grade them. So I had a mixture of both, and I think both are important. Absolutely. Um, Can you tell me a little bit about your mystery trash idea? Yes. Okay. So this, I don't even remember where I learned this idea from, but I would basically, especially on a day where we did a lot of cutting and gluing and the class was just a mess. I would say, okay, I'm, I found a piece of trash, the mystery trash, and you have two minutes, go pick up all the trash. And then the kids run around and they pick up every little scrap. I mean, they find things that I don't even know how they find them (laughs) on the ground, but they clean it up. And then Sometimes I keep an eye on it, and if when I see the kid pick up the trash, then I always give them like a certain a couple, piece. Yeah, I'll pick like okay, the orange crown on the ground, or you know something that is really um, hidden, I guess, or underneath the table where they really have to work for it. I'm trying to get the classroom clean here, <laughs> um, but yeah, whenever that trash gets picked up, I give it a few more seconds so they don't know exactly which piece of trash it was, and then I say, oh, so and so found the trash. And I will either give them a trip to the treasure box or I did a thing called buck team bucks in my classroom, which was my classroom economy system. I would give them a couple of those. 
sometimes I would, uh, I'm really bad about multitasking. And so they'd be cleaning and I would turn around and pick something up and not see who got the trash. So then I would just pick a student that I saw that day working really hard and, you know, so that, say that they found the trash. But it was a great way to get them all involved. Every student was working towards it. it. It built that motivation and excitement in, and it got the classroom clean. I love that. That's awesome. So thank you so much for those organization tips. That's awesome. So once you have kind of these organization tips in place, can you share a few ideas for like, how do we maintain that organization and not let it just completely you know, fall apart by October? <laughs> Yeah. Well, like I said, the very first tip, when everything has a home, then you're able to put things back right where they come, uh, right where they came from. A workflow that I like to think through about things to do before you, before the day starts is come into your classroom and just turn on all the lights and, you know, just kind of create that peaceful environment in your classroom. Check your email, delete any emails that don't need to be taken care of. I always like to do a email check in the morning and then also at the end of the day. So that way I am not stressed about, I think even digital clutter can be really stressful to teachers. So cleaning out your inbox, taking care of what needs to be taken care of before the day starts, getting your materials ready, checking and making sure that you have everything ready for the lessons that day. Those are things that you can do before it's come in. I can't even, I mean, I said a lot, but that could even be done in five or 10 minutes, depending on how much you have going on. Absolutely. And then, oh, sorry. No, you're fine. Okay. During the school day, again, just picking up as you go. When everything has a home, you can easily, when you're done with the lesson, put the materials right back where they came from. Have the kids do this too. Give When they're transitioning and putting their journals away, you put your materials away. Keep that master to-do list so that, you know, when something comes into mind, you can jot it down. The biggest, I think, tip I have for during the day is just picking up as you go. Don't throw things on your desk and let them pile there because then that's stressful to come back into at the end of the day. And then once the kids are gone and you're back in your classroom, create a routine for yourself for picking up and organizing your classroom, whether that's something you do once a week or 15 days, set a timer for it and Go through everything that you did that day. Put things away. Go through your email. Um, go through your master to-do list. See what is on there that needs to be handled right then and there that day that needs to be taken care of. And then the rest, just leave. It will be there tomorrow. And then I always liked to leave my classroom with my desk cleared off, my U-table cleared off, the student desks were all cleared off. So that way when I came back in, the next morning and I walk in, I have a clutter-free, peaceful classroom to walk into. When I turn on my lamps and do the whole spiel all over again, I have a peaceful classroom to start out with. Absolutely. And I just think it, it is so important to have these routines. And it might look different, you know, depending on, you know, what grade you're teaching or just what your your style is. But just having these things, and you gave so many great tips, but when I come in in the morning, this is what I do. Before I leave in the day, this is what I do. And just maybe adding a few of these things, maybe adding just a little bit of pick up, you know, like you said, set a timer, pick up, you know, just organize for five minutes um, can really just help keep things from accumulating, just keeping things um, where we want them. I just, I love that. That's, that's super helpful. 
Um, do you have any other tips for us? I don't think so. <laughs> Great. Can you share um, a little bit? You are about to release a, an exciting program about kickstarting the school year. Can you share just a little bit about that? Yes, I am so excited about this. When I was a first-year teacher, I went through a master's program that really walked us through how to start our first year. And I want to give that same kind of attention and help to first-year teachers who don't have access to a program like that. And so what I've done is I've created a course with things that I feel are important for teachers to know when going into their first day of school for whether you're a first year teacher or a teacher who's been teaching for 10 or 15 years. We're going to talk about uh, how to organize your classroom, all the things that I shared today. We're going to talk about those things, but even in more depth and how to organize more areas of your classroom. We're going to talk about creating management plans, which I know is something that you speak a lot about classroom management being so important to setting the foundation for your classroom. We're going to talk about self-care, lesson plans, and planning for the first week of school. There's a lot more that I can't even remember. I've been so in the zone working on it that it's like it's all gelling together. (laughs) Well, that sounds awesome. And we'll link to it where you can get more details at teachfortheheart.com slash organization. Well, thank you, Kelly, so much for being here. We really appreciate it. And can you tell everyone where they can connect with you? Yes, I am on Instagram at The Simply Organized Teacher, on Facebook at The Simply Organized Teacher, and then, of course, my website, thesimplyorganizedteacher.com. And then I would love to, since you're listening to a podcast right now, I assume that you like listening to podcasts, and I've got a teaching podcast as well called Simply Teach, and I would love to have more listeners come and join in. And I've got an episode with Linda that you can come listen to, so I'd love to have you over there. Yes, thank you so much. And we'll link to everything again at teachfortheheart.com slash organization. Thanks again, Kelly. Yes, thank you. I hope you guys enjoyed this conversation with Kelly. I apologize for those few little technical glitches where uh, she cut out there, but hopefully you were able to pick up some great tips that will help you be more organized and that much more less stressed in this upcoming school year. Once again, if you want any of the resources we talked about, and Kelly also links to a lot of great articles on her website, uh, you can check all of that out at teachfortheheart.com organization. Thank you guys so much for being here. I look forward to speaking with you again soon. In the meantime, keep growing, keep striving. You really are making a difference.